Yo, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? You like that, Miss? You like that, Miss Emmy? I missed. I only got the end. Oh, I'm For sorry. Some reason, my thing was muted. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear nothing. I, I was about to. I was about to be all ready for it. Well, you know, it it makes it pub. Well, you know, I'm I'm making it public now. But what happens is, okay, there's Hendrix. I'm gonna bring him on in just a second. Um, oh, what's up, everybody? Man. This is your boy Q. Hope all is well. Listen, welcome to MTG Live and in color and all that good stuff. Listen, you know what it is. It's Friday night. And you know how we do it on Friday night? We do it B-I-G because we bring you raw talk. Well done. And you know how we do it. First off, before I, I go ahead and introduce our guest, I'm going to bring on Hendrix real quick. Boom. There he is. What's up, bro? What's up, man? Sorry. You I'm good? Late, dude, but you know, you know how it is. End of the month. Got to gotta make that paper so it is what it is man sorry you, you already know it you already know we gotta definitely make that paper clear because you don't want the paper to make you there you go yes Q. sir uh real Q. quick Q. i have my crew what it's not on, it's not on the page it is it's on there now it's on there now it should be it's not on the master gas page. It's just on the other one. Yes, it is. I'm looking at it. Your refresh is slow. <laughs> My refresh is slow. Your I refresh is slow. <laughs> okay, there it is. I got it. <laughs> yeah, I got the notification though. <laughs> you got it. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody, check this out. You know, um, real quick. I got my I got two of my co-hosts online. I don't I'm trying to hope to get more on in a second. She's having some technical difficulties. First off, my girl Miss Shimmy. Say hello to the people, Miss Shimmy. Miss Shimmy with the with the shaky with shake. The Ain't nobody got time to be playing with you. It's your girl, Shimmy 2.0. How y'all doing out there tonight? Okay, cut the ready. volume up just a little bit so we can hear you. Uh my boy Hendrix is with me. What's up, bro? What's up, peoples? What's up, peoples? Yeah. What's up, peoples? Yeah, y'all know he had a long day today. Yeah, you know, Hendrix is going to be kind of like the star of the show today. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm going to be moderating these conversations, and this is going to be hilarious, and it's going to be serious, and all of this stuff that we really? need to talk about. And we got a bell. Machine went about four bells for us. I don't know how she's going to get them to all of us. I guess she's going to mail them. <laughs> well, you know, I know where my mother-in-law stays, so I'm gonna drop that off tomorrow to her, so you can go and let her know that I'm gonna drop hers off tomorrow. Q, I get you yours on Sunday, and I'm gonna swing by Mo tomorrow too, probably. Yeah. Well, well, sounds sounds good. Well, on tonight, everybody, we have three guests that's gonna be coming on. Uh, real quick, our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, I will say 
uh, all the way from around the corner in Dallas, Texas, by way of Jackson, Mississippi, the home of Jackson State University. We one and only Jackson State University. The one and only JSU, baby. You, you got to know that. I love If JSU. you did know. I don't hate. Don't you hate. I was, I'm not I was a band. If you didn't know, if you did, I, I was a band student. I know who Jackson State University is. I, I know, know exactly. the whole world knows who Jackson State University is. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Miss 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 Albany is on with us, everybody. Let's give her a hearty welcome. Welcome to the show on tonight. Thank Hi, you so everyone. much for coming. Now, now, mm -hmm. listen, Miss Albany. Before we get started, even though we're running just a little bit behind the time. Um, my other guest is hitting me up on Messenger, so I'm going to see what's going on with her. But real quickly, would you take the moment to introduce yourself and all that good stuff, and then we're just going to dive right into the conversation, and I'm going to let okay. Hendrix kind of lead it a little bit. Tell us who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff, and I'll be right back. You guys hold on. But go all ahead. Right. Um, well, um, my name is Albany, and like you said, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. I did graduate from Jackson State University, so I, I just got to, you know, rep for my school because we are the best uh, HBCU in the country. So, you know, just, uh, yeah, we're going to throw that couple in the garbage. But anyway, outside of that, <laughs> I just want y'all to know that Jackson State University is the best. That's why I'm well, I, I will say this. I didn't go to HBCU, but I got HBCU love. So, Miss mm -hmm. Alton, you know moms. And so, I know. PV, PV I is know. what it is. But, nah, I but I got, like I said, I got love for all my HBCUs because if it wasn't for the HBCUs, there's no way that I would have been able to go to a school like I did and thrive. So there's no way mm -hmm. that, you know, you have a second generation college student be able to go to a PWI and thrive and survive through that whole experience. But it was mm -hmm. for the HBCUs that allowed me to do that. So, again, I give much love and much props to all my HBCUs. So I don't have one that I'm more particularly a fan of. However, I do frequent PV, Grambling. And, That's uh, your favorite. The first one you said was your favorite. There you go. PV is just 45 minutes up the road from AM. So, I mean, come on now. That's that's proximity. That's proximity. That's the only reason. And forget Grambling, because Jackson State is the only tiger that really matters. So it didn't even matter when you said Grambling. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, I can agree. I, I agree. I agree with that, though. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm with her on that one. The, the HBCUs were not created when it came to their mascots, though. <laughs> No, no, but hey, if you want to, you want to talk about which one is bigger, we're gonna have to go with Jackson State. All right, well, we're you not know, doing that all night. It's all sure night. not. <laughs> but no, I, I, I am. <laughs> so, I just have to warn you, Albany. Um, you're dealing with two PV, and then one is missing Mo. So you got three PV alum that you, you're dealing with. So I, I didn't think about that before I brought you on the show. So I do apologize. That was not intentional. No. Oh, that's okay. I'm just going to bless him with my presence. Hello, y'all. Okay. There you go. We love you anyway. <laughs> we sure do. Mm -hmm. Y'all see my new, my new boo thing. You got, got new coffee to you? Yo, boo <laughs> thing. What? 
Boo thing got me some bed covers. What? 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 Boo thing? I didn't say that I was in something. I just said boo no, I just thing. Said, I just said. Some I just said. You said that. I just said what boo thing is all I said. I mean, mm. boo thing could be could be anybody. I mean, you ain't got to be with somebody to have a boo thing. That's a whole lie. No, it ain't either. We in some kind of situation see, with a boo see, thing. You know, we'll talk about this later because we got some good stuff to talk about right now. And I guess yeah. gonna be on in about 20 minutes. So so our next couple of guests is gonna be on about 20 okay. minutes. This conversation gonna either Let's turn go. good or bad, ugly or pretty. So <laughs> we gotta pick <laughs> which one is gonna do. So so Albany, real quick, tell us about you, who you are, and all that good stuff real quick and where we can follow you and find you. Uh, well, I am a teacher. I'm a teacher in uh, Mesquite, and I've been teaching in Mesquite since I've been in Texas, so three years. Um, and I teach Texas history, not even from Texas, but I teach Texas history. How about it? And um, I'm currently doing my principal certification. I'll actually be done with that in, well, this month, actually, I'll be done with yeah. my principal certification. Yes, I'm over it now. I'm like, oh, I'll be glad when it's just done two more weeks ago but um i also started uh the business educators for black and brown students llc and the purpose of it is to basically um advocate and promote for diversity and cultural integration in education which we don't see um so i offer strategies and um, best practices that schools can use to uh, make sure there's cultural integration also uh, just advocating for students because in reality, a lot of students and parents don't understand the way education works. They don't understand uh, the politics of education. So when you have an advocate there that can actually be the voice for you and be the ear for you to help you, you know, and guide through different things, it kind of it makes it better. Okay. Especially so for our black, black students. So with that, Miss Albany, can, help us understand what are some of the uh, roadblocks or gaps that a lot of minority students do not know, whether well, them and their parents. What are some of those stop gaps that help them from excelling in the education system that you can just give us a brief overview of? Because we don't want to give all your secrets away because we want people uh -huh. to come to you and then, but just give us a little tidbit, little tidbit there. Okay. Uh, well, definitely when it comes down to discipline management, um, you know, black students and Hispanic students are actually uh, displaced more than white and Asian students. So when it comes down to disciplinary actions, uh, a lot of parents don't understand what their rights are when it comes down to discipline. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, well, your student was suspended because of X, Y, and Z. Um, but it's so many different things that goes into that. So many, uh, so much documentation that has to be uh, in place before certain things can happen. And sometimes, you know, that in, I've seen it in many schools where that documentation is not there and then many of those students are put into suspensions or in-school suspensions. Um, uh, and, and then when that happens, you know, they're out of class, so they're not learning. You know, they're not getting any instruction, not to mention just the instruction itself is not uh, multicultural. So a lot of students are, uh, are, are lacking because they don't have that interest in what we're teaching. The interest is not there. You know, even in, not even just in instruction, just in regular school activities. I've been to pep rallies. <laughs> I've been to 
um, football games. I've been to all of these events where there were students um, that were of color and Hispanic. And then you also had a majority of white teachers and you would still have a, like their events, like the music that would be played, the, the um, activities that they would have would cater more to people who were not of color. And, you know, it's just not engaging the students at all. So it's so many different things in education that really needs to be uh, multicultural, not just in instruction, but just from, you know, from the beginning to the end, it needs to be multicultural. You know, we wait until Black History Month to teach kids about, you know, their history. We wait until Hispanic Heritage Month to teach, you know, Hispanic history. And it's like, no, they need to know. And then when we do teach Black history and Hispanic history, it's negative. It's nothing positive about it. Even with the civil rights movement, you, you see the word civil disobedience, where you just taught them the negative portion of them fighting for their rights. You calling it disobedience when in actuality, you know. Now, I ask you a question, Albany. Mm -hmm. with, with saying all of that, do you, do you think we need more, let me see how I can be politically correct, um, do you think we need more people of color in, in um, district administration to get Most, definitely. Most definitely. And, um, you know, the reality of it is that you don't have that many, especially in districts that are uh, way behind, <laughs> way, way behind. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't have many administrators of color especially when you're teaching kids that are of color. Most of the schools in Dallas have majority Hispanic and black students, um, but you have maybe two or three, you know, black people in leadership in the whole entire district, you know, not even just in a school, just the entire district. You may only have two or three people in leadership. And, you know, the reality is that we see the, the people that most of the kids see in the schools are you know a few black teachers but you know your custodians you don't see anybody else you know because there are a lot of hispanic custodians and a lot of black custodians that work in these schools and you're not teaching them that they could not saying nothing wrong with being a custodian you know but you're teaching them that you can't go above ground this is how far you can go mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting that you say that because honestly, and, and I know all of us can attest to this, I, I really didn't learn a lot about, and y'all, I'm sorry, I'm not being funny because y'all know I love the K. I, I love my city, love Dallas. We, we love our city, you know, uh, but I did not learn much about my history until I went to college. That was, you know, you go into a, a black university, the first thing at Purview, I can say, honestly, we had to go by the slave cemetery. That's in the very back of the school. And we learned about the, the plantation Prairie View sits on, you know, <laughs> and so you learn about those different things. Uh, you learn about the people who, who literally made Prairie View who it, what it is today. They're the people that sacrificed um, um, and even if in Prairie View, which is still predominantly white, um, you know, you, you, you know, have a black school sitting in the middle of the school. There's so much around it, so much history, so much around it, period. And I didn't get a chance to learn about a lot of black history, like you said, up until February. 
Even though that's right. our birthday month, you know what I'm saying, Reggie? But that's the shortest month of the year. It, it doesn't constitute what we are lacking for our own people and what she what should we be learning you know mm-hmm. um it wasn't in into my adult years unfortunately and maybe it was one of those days i wasn't paying attention in class but i i learned in my adult life that slaves were not just africans they were they were indians you know they were mm-hmm. they were people of different hues and and races you know and you know when when of course start dibbling and dabbling and stuff like that and you get a whole different kind of connotation of people you know you don't know where your history sits mm-hmm. because you could be kin to tomahawk and and not spear you know what i'm saying and i'm not you know being funny or nothing like that i'm just saying yeah. that you just never know and so many different things and you know um that that came along with that in our education and i think that you know your organization definitely is going to help you know, help sort of bridge that gap because we need the history. Our children need the history. Period. We need we the history. So we do. I have this question, Miss Albany. Um, what What are some of the things that you and your organization try to do to help bridge these gaps that you speak of? Because I know, like me and Q went to a predominantly black high school, and then Shimmy did as well. We went to predominantly black high school where we saw black teachers principals all throughout the, the different levels of the education system from the custodians all the way up to the principal we had a plethora of black influences but not every school and not every school district has that so so what are some of the things that we need as you know as adults and parents what are some of those things that your program helps do to help push the education and the knowledge into the not only the children but sometimes you have to push it to the parents as well because sometimes they don't mm-hmm. know. right mm-hmm. um well something that i do offer is cultural integration training um and so basically it is a training to help um this will be more for the educators though um educators to um unpack those biases those preconceived biases that we come into the classroom with because a lot of teachers really walk into the classroom with their minds made up they don't give students the opportunity to prove themselves in many ways because we, you know, and we all have those biases and prejudices that we have, you know, about anybody, those re- those reserves that we have about anyone. So um, I, I did hold a training a month ago, two months ago um, for cultural integration training where, you know, I was able to teach, you know, a lot of teachers and I had uh, quite a few that were white teachers who were like, wow, I didn't know, I didn't realize how deep engrafted my biases and prejudice were. And it's like, yeah, you know, and, and for some, I can't say they might not realize how racist they are, but right. for, you know, for the majority, I'm like, yeah, y'all know you racist. I get nothing you can say to me. Um, but there are some that really just don't realize that they, they have this that they were taught since kids. And so basically the training um, breaks all of that down. It breaks it completely down. I, I've, you know, had to do it myself and realize that I had some preconceived biases for children, you know, that walked in my classroom. Like the the thought that, you know, black kids don't want to learn, you know. And and we have to get out of that mindset as educators that black kids don't want to learn. And we have to get out of the mindset that black parents don't care about their black children learning. You know, because a lot of 
a lot of teachers don't make phone calls to parents because of that. You know, uh, they they don't make phone calls. They don't say, hey, you know, your child is X, Y, and Z, as opposed to if it was another student, they might feel more comfortable reaching out to their parent. Um, so that's uh, one thing is the cultural integration training. Um, another thing that I do is um, I offer strategies. Um, I also am working on a book. It's called uh, Six, uh, Straw, Sticks, and Bricks. Um, and Straw, it's basically, Sticks, and Bricks. Yes, and it's basically okay. the illusion of diversity in education. So it's, it's talking about how education wants to seem so diverse, but in reality, it's, it's not. Um, there is not even <laughs> nowhere near diverse uh, curriculum in our education system. Um, you know, most of the stuff that we teach is pretty dated. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty dated. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, dated. You know, like I mean, you know, pretty dated. Lots you know, of dated. Yeah. You know, you you teach Texas history. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. The only thing what I remember about Texas, I mean, Sam Houston. I remember the Ballad Alamo. Uh, um, I remember, uh, of course, Texas used to be its own country. That's why we got these screwed up laws out here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know that for a fact. And that's probably about all I remember. And I think we teach, as far as like when it comes down to Texas history, and, and I mean, kids get Texas history in fourth grade and seventh grade. I think we teach history that is social conditioning. We're, we're trying to socially condition these kids into the society that, you know, white America has created. You know, if I'm teaching you that this was bad and this was good, you know, because even with Texas history, the Battle of the Alamo, you're talking about Santa Ana, you know, who was the Mexican president. And of course, he looks horrible in the textbook, but he was trying to defend his own country. This country belongs to him. It belongs to them. Right. But of course, he looks like the enemy. They make him look like he was just a horrible person. And so imagine being a Hispanic kid and in Texas history class, and you're reading about this Hispanic man who was the president of his own country. And I have to tell my kids, if somebody walks through your house and ready to rob you, what you going to do? Right. You're not going to sit there and let them take it. So, you know, they, we, but the way we teach it is the negative rather than, hey, it was just a bunch of greedy white people that wanted to take land. And he said, he called Bell, please. Bell, please. <laughs> I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Yes. yes. But I think even, even with that, if, if we go back and we think about how we were taught in history, like you said, you know, that, oh, this Hispanic man is bad, that he, you know, trying to defend his country, blah, blah, blah. I think that's what kind of keeps the anger in America. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Instead of, like you say, teaching it the right way. Okay, so now mm -hmm. all of Hispanics going to hate the white people because why y'all took the land from us? All the mm -hmm. Indians going to hate the white people because, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, it's just kind of keeping us in a controlled state. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is one of the things where I don't, I'm not a fan of history. I'm sorry. I'm an engineer, math, science. That's History just never really sparked, um, sparked my interest. Because mm -hmm. it was always one-sided, right? I could tell er, on a, at an early age it was one-sided because if you think about math and science, 
you learn mm -hmm. multiple ways to do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's how my mind works. So I'm looking at it as like, well, if I tell a story, if Q tells a story, if Shimmy tells a story, Albany tells a story, and we were all at the same place at the same time doing the same thing, you're going to get four different stories. Mm -hmm. So why should I believe only what's in this book? Right. There's exactly. always more to the story, right? Exactly. Right. This is where, like I said, with math and science, it, it makes your show you work. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it ain't no skating through. Well, history, history showed its work, too. If you just kind of think about it, it showed how bad and fucked up it really was. <laughs> no, but this is the thing. The history is always written by the victor. Mm -hmm. It's never written by the losing side. So, yes. and this is where I take, people get mad at me when I do this, but if I take the Bible, right? And then I line it up against the Quran and the Torah. They tell yes. pretty much the exact same story up until a certain point. The yeah. Quran splits off when Sarah allowed her, her husband to lay down with the slave and have a baby. And then mm -hmm. she had a baby. Then she mm -hmm. wanted to get rid of the first of the slave wife and his son and, and his original son. And that's where Islam splits off. But they don't follow that story. Mm -hmm. But, and if you look at it, even in Christian doctrine, since mm -hmm. we're talking about history, they say the firstborn son is the one that gets all the father's property. That was a legitimate, Ishmael was a legitimate firstborn son. The first yeah. Sarah gave the blessing. Right. But so what y'all over there fighting about? Exactly. Even if she didn't give the blessing, it was, it, he was the firstborn. Y'all yeah. preaching. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Shimmy, you got to be on time with the bell, Shimmy. You I got did, the ring. I, I, had to, I had to get. You know, I had to get some of my sin juice because it got too it got too spiritual for me. Real quick. So I had to I had to put some sin juice down my throat. Real quick. Real quick, Quinta yeah. says she says listen. Oh, I'm sorry. She says one of the best tech, uh, best history history teachers um at Lincoln High School. He said we weren't learning out of that book and we didn't. He taught us about Frederick Douglass and others. You know, I wish we had more teachers like that. We had some now. Now we I go outside of, of the textbook, but I will say the issue is is when you have a lot of white teachers who don't know true black history, mm -hmm. they can't go outside of the, the textbook. And they a lot of them feel intimidated to go outside of the textbook. They don't want to have those conversations because again they don't want to be proven wrong. Right, and, and not even just that. It's a, it's a, it's difficult. It's uncomfortable, you know. But then to have those conversations, I've had a teacher ask me, you know, is it okay for me to ask this question? I'm like, yeah, go ask the question. But I don't want to offend anybody. And it's like, well, we got to get outside of offending people and understand that, you know, recently a teacher, um, and I don't know, I think that was in Texas. A teacher was fired because of a, a lesson. Um, and and the lesson basically was um the kkk um and they compared the kkk to the police with the knee on the neck um and and that was probably very culturally insensitive for some kids so i can see that being an issue but in education we have to not try to make 
what is truly ugly pretty. Right. But there's no pretty way to say it. I tried to give my kids, uh, when I taught high school, I gave them the Black Holocaust book as a supplemental read. I said, hey, we can do this. You don't have to get it, but we'll do a book club at the end of the uh, day on uh, Thursdays. And if you're welcome to come, I had plenty of kids go get it. And I had them get the comic book version. And so I, at that school, it was a predominantly black school. So I only had one, maybe two white kids. Um, all the principals were black, you know, similar to what you were you were saying. And um, one the the white kid decided he wanted to read it. He was interested in it. He was very interested in it. His mother picked up the book. His daddy picked up the book. They didn't like the fact that it was a woman, a pregnant woman, about to jump off of the ship and had a knife, and she was about to jump jump off the ship because she was trying to escape, you know, enslavement. And this, this, uh, the parents come up to the school, talk to the principal, and he brings me into the office. And again, he's a black principal, and I'm having a conversation with him. He said, Did you, um, uh, do this book? I said, Yeah, I told you about it. You told me it was cool. He said, Yeah, but I didn't know it was a woman jumping off a ship. I said, Well, it's about slavery, you know, and it's, it's about a black holocaust. And he was oh, like, he Yeah, didn't know, he didn't know about the book either. He knew about the book. I can't I can't assign a book to a kid to kids right. without approval. So he said, Well no, I didn't know I didn't know about this and you know these are these are eleven graders and I'm like, Yeah, but it's a comic book about the black holocaust. It's really uh it's really grade level and literally he's like, Well we can't read this book anymore and I'm like, So this one white kid destroyed it for all of these black kids and they protested they were upset their parents signed petitions they were like hey my kid want to want to read this book yeah you know but we can do the book the thing. we we have to stop being so sensitive because the only way to really heal the wounds is you got to rip that band-aid off and you got to mm -hmm. really dig into it some of mm -hmm. it's not pretty it's ugly but again mm -hmm. the victors write the history and sometimes mm -hmm they don't want to put in all the gory stuff because mm -hmm. they make this whole thing about like the crusades, this grand old escapade. But it's like you coming from halfway across the world to invade these people's countries for what? Mm -hmm. And you raping and pillaging and plundering. Oh, it's the great crusades. And it's like, no, if you actually look at what happened with the crusades, um, the Spanish inquisition, all hell, even with the um, what the the what did they call it? Q when they got together and decided the books of the Bible with King Edward, what did they call it? Uh oh, shoot, Reggie, damn it! But you it's know what? Called I'm talking the, about. It's, it wasn't a conclave, but when they did, it's like the, the steel or something like that, something right. like. But that. when they did all that, okay, Pastor, you had. You had a lot of stuff that got left out because they didn't want it in there. Right. So it's like history is fact, but you can't skip over it and try and whitewash it. And no pun intended, but you can't skip over the good, you know, all of it, because all of it is what got us to where we are today. All of it is why some people have resentment and they have these preconceived notions about other people. And really, the only way we're going to get past that is if we look back, because if you don't know where you came from, you don't know where you're going. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hey guys, again, listen, thank you so much for watching here on Facebook and YouTube. We sure appreciate you guys watching. Hey, listen, do us a favor. If you want to join the conversation, go ahead and drop your comments right in the comments box. We're definitely get our best to try to read um, um, all your comments and try to respond to them as best we can. Again, we have our guest on Miss Miss Albany. She is on, she is the CEO of Educators for Black and Brown Students. Um, I know I can't see the other side, but I'm not gonna say incorporated, but I'm gonna say unlimited because we know you're gonna do a whole lot of unlimited things. And so um I I definitely want to take the time out, you know, to thank you so much for, for joining us on today because this conversation must be had. Um, um these conversations not only um need to take place in our school but they need to take place at home you know um unfortunately you know because of a lot of people um um of this color you know not yeah. this color this color um a lot a lot of those people they do not want to have those conversations um, um their children are making them have these conversations because because let's face it our world is more diverse than ever we are mixed we are mingled um, um we have a lot of interracial relationships uh kin ties a lot of different things are really starting to come to the forefront now you know that's been happening in place under the back burner for thousands of years and so you know i believe that you'll be able to bridge the gap at least, at least I always say, if I can help one person, I've done a good job. Mm -hmm. Just one, you know, you, you'll do a good job. And and before we, we switch gears here in a second, Albany, could you could you also tell us uh, real quick, how do you prepare those for this conversation? Is You know, with, with your organization, because a lot of people don't want to talk about this. You know, how do you prepare people for these types of conversations? Uh, well, it's not really a preparation type of thing. It's more so just having that conversation. Um, but I, I do like to back up everything, you know, with facts, with data, uh, you know, so I don't go, you know, if I'm presenting, I don't go in presenting and I'm just talking from the, you know, from my head. Everything that I'm giving them is, is data. Like, no, we're going to look at the data. We're going to look at prison data. We're going to look at uh, discipline data. We're going to look at uh, instructional data and look at how, you know, far in between that gap is. You know, students of color literally score maybe probably between 20 to maybe 40 percent less than students that are not um, on any test when it comes down to assessment data. Um, and it's not because they can't learn. It's not because they don't want to learn. It's because what we're giving them is not uh engaging enough and if it was engaging enough we're still not um closing that gap because of discipline and we're not closing that gap because of other things like i said you don't call we don't make phone calls to black parents as we should to engage them and, and get them involved in their students education you know we wait until the last minute you know but i've seen where teachers you know with little bobby little bobby you know got in trouble or little bobby missed a homework assignment just one and little bobby got a phone call and i seen where you know i don't want to sound <laughs> like i'm giving these uh right, right. names but right. you know day one or somebody you know you you wait until day one is close to failing before you have made that phone call and it's it's very unfair it's very unbalanced 
Right. Um, in many cases, and and I've I've heard, like I said, teachers say that they just feel comfortable, or they were not as comfortable with calling parents. And I've I've seen some who were really comfortable with calling parents because they were just good teachers, you know. And you do have some people that are just good teachers that are white and black, but mm-hmm. you have those who are trying to walk on eggshells because they just they they feel uncomfortable. I will tell you one thing though. Um, I will say a lot of it has to do with the parents too, mm-hmm. because yeah. I can tell you this: uh, meet the teacher night. Yeah, we didn't miss one of those, mm-hmm. and it was always Reason if you have any type of problem, please feel free to call. This is before email and text and all that. Please feel free to call me the mm-hmm. moment you have any issues with this one right here. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? It took one phone call one. in the third grade where I got my butt beat in front of my class because I was clowning. Moms walked in, in the back of the classroom, <laughs> caught me clowning. Now, Albany, you, you already know. You know how I, I see it. I see it. Okay, then. So you already know. So. <laughs> See, Not I, my sweet mother-in-law. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. See, see, yeah I can see it. <laughs> okay. Not, see no. It. See, she can tell you. But, but what I'm saying is it takes a lot of the parents stepping in and having these conversations with the teacher. Because when I tell you one thing. Moms are short. I'm a good six, seven inches taller than her. Mm-hmm. And I'm the okay. shortest of all my brothers. Wow. You know, and, and, and another thing, real quick. But that goes into family dynamics, too. Because, I mean, I'm not trying to make any type of excuse. But it's so many different things with our community that we do have to work on. Because family dynamics is one of them. And you do have a lot of single mothers, uh, single fathers. You have um, these homes that don't have both parents in the house and maybe the the mothers working these jobs because I've had students where mothers couldn't couldn't meet me because they work you know late and it's it's those dynamics that we also have to take care of you know as far as our whole community is making sure that we're we're keeping those family dynamics and keeping it tight. Right. 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 Well, I tell you right. what. Listen, Albany, please come back. Please come back. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna do this real quick. Yes, sir. I was gonna have her plug herself. We need to. We need to know how to get in contact with you. We need to know where to find your info. But well, even though you late, even though you late, we did. You late? We already did. We that. did that part. Well, do it again. Do it again, <laughs> Abby. Uh, okay. Well, you can find me on Facebook, um, Educators for Black and Brown Students. Um, also, my website is edforblackandbrown.com. Um, and you can go in there and look at the services that we offer. You can also look at um, um, some apparel. I do have some shirts that says "Emancipate the way you educate," uh, which is my company slogan, and that's what we focus on. Is just basically trying to change the way we educate our students. So I would like to say this: we're, we're going to make sure if you could, Albany, send us that info in the messenger link. Well, send us okay. all your info in Messenger. That way we'll be okay. able to post it on our page and stuff so our peoples can find you. And then we'll copy the links on YouTube and stuff under this video. 
So that way we can have people when they need to get in contact with you, whatever. We want to push that. So because this is a critical part of educating our children. And that's why I really wanted to have you on, because I know we only got into a little bit of what you do, but it's uh -huh. very, very critical and very, very important. So thank you so much for coming thank on. You for and having thank me. you I so appreciate much it. for what you are doing for these students, because it's needed. And this is why, see, it's, it's people like this that are the reason why, like I said, I got another five or six years in corporate America, then I'm retiring and becoming a teacher. So y'all yeah. just don't get paid enough. So I got to stack my paper first. And yeah, you stack. Go ahead and stack. I got to come over because when I do it, I want to do it for the love, not for the money. Right? Mm -hmm. So I got to stack my paper first and then I'm going to come over and yeah, I'll, I'll be planning to be a high school math and science teacher. So well, we definitely school. need you because they definitely need black males. That's, that's a uh, high demand black male. Yep. Well, I'm Uncle Q. I'll wait for the sidelines. Okay. <laughs> I'm ain't shimmy, baby, because I uh -uh, I kick kids. Mm -mm. No, no. Teachers are blessings because they yes. are, you know, just for real. But let's real quick, we're gonna switch gears real quick. Kelly and Vaughn is on waiting. They're backstage waiting. And so, guys, we're going to switch gears real quick. What we're going to be talking about, we're going to be getting everything ready at this moment uh, to switch gears. We're going to be uh, introducing uh, uh, one of our MTG fans, Miss Kelly Fletcher. She's on waiting. She's brought one of her friends on, Mr. Vaughn, uh, that's going to come on. Albany's going to stay on with us during this portion of the show. We're going to uh, come back real quick in about 30 seconds and have them on. And then we're going to continue our conversation. Be right back. Yo, we are back. That was hey, hey, hey. 30 seconds. You give me one second, I will be right back. Okay, go ahead and get the conversation started. I'll be right back. I, I sure will. Hey, everybody, again, thank you so much for watching. We sure appreciate you. Appreciating you guys sticking around with us on a quick break. Again, if you want to run a conversation, please drop your conversation, your comments right down in the comment box and all that good stuff. And we'll definitely be more than happy to address your comments as best as we can. All right. So let's switch gears real quick here. We have one of our MTG fans, followers, friends, lovelies that's on with us tonight. Hang on. Let me bring Vaughn on real quick here, Kelly. There's Mr. Vaughn. And so we, we have you guys on, uh, Kelly and Vaughn, and we want to say welcome to you guys. Uh, well, where'd Kelly go? What, what happened to Kelly? <laughs> hey, Vaughn, how you doing? Can you hear me? I don't know. Can you hear me? Uh -oh. I'm on the delay. Yeah, I can hear you. It's so, so everybody, I'm so we're just going to uh, give them just I'm a couple a... seconds. Wait. I don't know. And while y'all get it together real quick again, Albany, thank you so much for sharing your information. 
uh, with the listen, it's definitely a pleasure and a privilege to definitely speak to you as it relates to um, um, what's going on, your organization, how we're helping our people of color in school. I want to continue this conversation. In Somebody needs to turn their 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 uh, device down. Whoever watching the show also has to needs to turn their device down to echo. Hey, Vaughn, are you able to? Let me see. Something happened. Okay, I know. Okay, somebody left out. Okay, Kelly left out. I guess she'll be right back. Hang on real quick. All right, I guess Vaughn is doing something real quick. He's getting it together. Uh, again, like I was saying, I want you to come back to the show because there's a lot more we need to talk about uh, regarding, um, like I said, the education system. Um, um, I would say um, on a national level. I will mm -hmm. say that because that's very, very important. Of course, we definitely, so we, um, the United States of America definitely should be number one in education. And we are not. We are not. And so um, I thank you so much. I, I, I appreciate it. Let's see here. Let's go through a couple of comments of, of why Kelly and Vaughn are getting everything together real quick here. Let me, let me scroll up here. Um, let's see here. Quinta said that her brother used to get his behind whooped too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think more, key, more kids okay. need to get a whooping. We're just gonna be on together. Hey guys. Hi. Can you hear us? Can you hear? No, no, I can't. Okay, and real quick, uh, D says he teach and he loves it. I didn't you know, know you teach. The funny part about it is, like, I come from a family of teachers. I am, what, fourth generation teacher kid. And, yeah, my whole family, my mom, two of my sisters, or three, I guess, technically. You know, like, mm, no, I would kick a kid. I really would. <laughs> I, I'm not lying. Like, I tried to teach my niece how to read, and I thought that polar bay was going to get beat to death. I was like, the word is cat. I need you just to read the word cat. Yeah. I'm not good at, at instructional things that are outside of my, you know, my my professionalism. Yeah. I would kick kids down stairs, all of that, like throw discs, like all of that. I probably would. Thank yeah. you. It's definitely a it's definitely a, a call. You have to be be ready I mean, for it. Even I mean, even in comedy, like sometimes I want to throw a mic or something that you know at somebody, and I, I, and that's a grown up. I can just imagine how I look kid, you know. But I'm great with kids outside of teaching them how to read and doing schoolwork and stuff. I'm I'm great with kids. I'm really good. With hey, guys, let me check on our guests. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Go ahead and unmute your phone or unmute unmute yourself because you guys are on mute. Yeah, I can hear you. Nothing. Kelly and Vaughn is on mute. Can you hear us? We're not on mute. Can y'all hear us? Oh, y'all can hear us. I'm not in. We can hear you. It's we can hear you. It's not on mute. We can hear you now. Hey, guys. How you doing? Maybe? Can you hear us? Hi. Good. How are you? Fine. How are you? I think there's a major delay. 
Yeah, it's just a delay, it seemed like. Okay, Hendrix is back. All right, hey, Kevin, thank, you so thank you so much, guys, for joining us on today. Hey, listen, so real quick, uh, Kelly, do me a favor, and I want you involved to introduce yourselves uh, real quick and tell us um, um, a little bit about yourselves before we kind of dive into this conversation. Well, I am a Dallas native. I'm 50 years old, so I've never lived anywhere else. So this is my home and I love it here. I am a mother of four, grandmother of five. Nice. <laughs> sure. nice. And this is one of my best friends and he always and he likes to talk too much mess. But he's a great guy. So this is Vaughn. Hey Vaughn. And How he, you doing? and he's from Philly. Philly. I love Philly. City I'm from Philly, Texas about 2016. Single, no children. Yep. You're about the only one. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much again for joining. Philly is hard. So let me ask but, uh, you a question. Single, no kids, no grandchildren. <laughs> Nothing like that. That's about it. Thank you guys for coming to the show. We sure appreciate you coming in uh, to the show. We're glad to have you. So Kelly, uh, before we jump into these conversations real quick, um, um, well, go ahead I, want, I there were some things that you stated that you wanted to clear up before uh, we started our conversations uh, about uh, the election, I believe, that, that you wanted to clear up or whatever comments you wanted to clear up from last week's conversation. Sure I want you to go ahead and take the time uh, to uh, clear up what you wanted to uh, clear up. There's a major delay. A big one. He's cutting out. Did you hear us? Did you hear me? I can't. Um, you're, I think you're cutting out a little bit. I don't hear. Did she? Did they freeze? <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Let me see what I can do. Hang on, real quick. I'm gonna remove them real quick. Hang on. And see how this works. Go put them back in. Maybe I can try to do that. Yeah, try, try to do that. Okay. How much? Okay, we're still waiting on my flip phone. Shut up. Oh, you need to throw that away. <laughs> Baby, anybody got a flip phone? Ooh, okay, hang on. Let's see what we got. Flip phones. They still make those? Are we good? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> there we go. See, he has an Android, so his his. Oh work. yeah, no, that thing don't work. Pause. Hold up. That thing don't Pause. work. Not true. Uh uh. That thing don't, don't do work. That. Not true. Don't do that. Not true. Okay, Kelly. So I'm. I'm. Uh, thank you so much again. I, I was thanking you guys for coming on the show. Um, there were some things that you wanted to clear up on last week's conversation. Uh, that I wanted to allow you to go ahead and clear up before we kind of 
uh, talk about a couple of things. But before I do that, Kelly, come back to the show um, because I want us to finish this. Um, um, I know that we kind of the time is kind of half spent a little bit, but I will definitely want you guys to come back on. Let's let's talk about this because this is very important. Uh, real quick, as I said it to Kelly, <laughs> I say to everybody else that's watching, thank you guys again. Make sure you share this broadcast, like us, and all that good stuff, even on YouTube. Um, I stated to her that I that I believe that a conversation with regarding politics specifically, all right. Uh, we'll go into all the other good stuff in, in, in a little bit of time, but these conversations need to be a two-sided conversation. All right. I believe that this conversation needs to have substance and needs to be a conversation of intelligence and integrity. Uh, and um, no matter what side of the fence we are on, we are Americans and we need to represent as Americans, no matter what hue of color we are and definitely making sure that we are being uh, responsible and mature adults about our conversations, you know, and so we're going to definitely do that. So Kelly, I want you to go ahead and start tonight. Um, there was a, a couple things I stated that you wanted to clear up from last week. I want you to go ahead and I want you to uh, start that, please, if you don't mind. You'll have to re uh, refresh my memory. I think what we were, were we talking about Kamala Harris? Yeah, was it the coronavirus we were talking about? Was it the virus or Kamala Harris or both? We were talking about both, right? Well, let's 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 start with uh, uh, Kamala Harris. Let's start with her. Uh, I do, I think that uh, I think that I don't have any faith in her. I think that she was a bad choice. I think he should have made a different choice. I mean, if he really wanted to win the election, I think he made the wrong choice. But um, I just don't like that people try to hold her up to some righteous standard that I don't think she deserves. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a very fair and valid point because her time as a prosecutor in, in the state of California, she locked up a lot of people for a lot of trivial things. Understanding that while she may not be at the head, but she was definitely impactful in doing that since she was the DA. So I, I, I can agree with you on that point. However, uh, we also have to look at a person and their growth. So if we pigeonhole a person to their past, then we never allow them to grow into their future and the possibilities that they could have. Because if we look at people like Malcolm X, we look at people like Martin Luther King Jr. and, and others where their lives may not have started out great, but they ended up in a great place because they were able to evolve as people. So we have to give people that opportunity to evolve to make sure that whatever potential they have comes out. So if, if I held grudges because of somebody's past and I didn't allow them to evolve, that doesn't put me in a great spot. I have a, I have a twofold response to that. So I agree with you. I mean, if I was held responsible for my past, I'd be in a lot of trouble. So I get that. However, number one, I see it happening to Trump every day. Everything in his past is is held against him on a regular basis. Number two, Kamala or Kamala, whatever her name is today, Kamala, um, Kamala 
I don't ever know. I'm bad with names anyway. But she she has flip-flopped since 2008 when she started running for president. When she was running for office, she was saying awful things about Joe Biden. And now she's flip-flopped on that. But my thing is that if you're going to only say, okay, let's take her at face value from today on, then you need to do the same thing to Trump and quit going against him for everything he's done in his past. Well, can I, can I, can I jump in? Sure. Can I? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go twofold as well. Um, as far as you have to think about the fact because you, you are a woman as well. So you understand how much, um, or how hard you have to work, how much more harder, or that's not work, how hard you have to work to uh, pretty much prove yourself as a woman, um, as well as a black woman in the position that she is holding. And now does, do I agree with her, you know, prosecuting all of these people? No, I don't. But at the same time, you know, she is a black woman in a high position who is going to be looked at as less than a man in that same position, you know? And so I'm looking at the choices that she made was based off of the fact that she had to be a really strong black woman in that position to hold her ground. But at, that, uh, so point, at that, that point, she wasn't claiming her blackness. Let's just be correct on that too. She was claiming to be Indian American. She didn't claim to be a black woman when she was a, when she was a district attorney. But um, the Indian, um, when you talk about Indian American and 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 black Americans, so black, and and this is a conversation I've had to have, you know, with several people. You know, black is a color. So color wise, she is black. Nationality-wise, she may not be black, and that's where a lot of debate is: is well, she's not African American. Well, you know, she may not be African American. She's black. Her skin color is black, but she may not be African American. So there's a there's a very big difference when you're claiming a nationality and your skin tone. I don't want to get sucked into the whole is she black, is she not black thing because then let's move on. If we move on to just policy in general. I think by Biden adding her to his ticket, he lost at least three states because of her uh, because of her Green New Deal and her being totally against fracking. There are at least three states in the union who depend on fracking for millions of jobs. And those states are not going to vote for Biden for that reason alone. I just think it was a bad choice. I think Rice would have been a better. I think there were better choices. Black. What her name? Shut up. He's going to disagree with everything I say because we don't, even though we're both conservative, we don't necessarily agree on something. I think that there's different choices he could have made that would have made his made his chances a lot better. Let me ask you a question real quick. Let me jump in real quick to kind of guide the conversation a little bit. Um, um, and I will ask this to Vaughn, since you guys are both there together. Who, who, uh, aside of, of, um, of, um, uh, Kamala Harris, who do you think may have been a better choice? Because I'm going to be honest, I think that Biden's choice necessarily, now I've said this since the, since I the, we, we got into 2018, starting to talk about the election, I always said I was going with Uncle Joe. That's what I call him. 
I said that because I felt like Joe had more experience than any panelist up there. No, no shade to nobody. I promise to God. His vice presidential pick, I must agree with you, Kelly, is imperative because if in order for you to um, be the president, you need a strong vice president. Will Kamala be a good strong vice president? I, I think that she will be. Was she my first choice for him? No, she was not. I said all along that Kamala will probably, for me, will be a better attorney general. For me, that's my opinion, you know? But since we are here now, I want to ask Vaughn, what other candidate, you know, do you think would have been better for Joe? In my, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Democrats, Democratic he, side. It doesn't matter who he picked. I, Joe was no go. From his policies only. Has nothing to do with, actually has nothing to do with left or right. Is him and his policies and where he stands and what he's for or not for, depending on the day. So he has. So I he don't doesn't have an care who they chose on the left. Kamala could have been Elizabeth Warren. Could have been. Oh God! Not oh no! Oh no! Until this year, I was a Democrat my whole life. Okay. I'm Fifty years old, and I've never voted Republican in my life, but I will. On November third, and there have been. Two I had nothing to do with it. I, no, no, we're not. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> there, there's, there's just, there's just too many things with this radical left that go against my moral code that I just can't deal with. So I have completely. Okay, I, I want us to talk about that. But I know Hendrix has something he wants to say, man. I want us to go there. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead, Hendrix. Go ahead. So, and and I, I, I have this, this perplexing question when people talk about a moral code but you're okay with a president inciting violence and using dog whistles to, to basically to basically rile up races because mm -hmm. here's the thing that you don't like some people may or may not hear it and that's okay because you're not in tune to the the different verbiage that impacts others. So when you th you say things like law and order, what that means to a black person is taking them back to Jim Crow. Because in the South, every time that law and order was mentioned, they talked about lynching people. So it's your word choice and how you use these things that keeps people from turning to you. So. If, if, if you look at, for me, for example, Biden was not my first choice by any means. I was for Bernie. Oh, God, that, that's even worse. Well, again, <laughs> no, that's opinion, and you're entitled to it. The reason I'm for Bernie, and let me break it down to you. Number one, how is it that you can go into so much debt trying to get an education? How can you go into so much debt? That has nothing to, to do with Donald Trump. Trump. Wait, wait, wait. Can I finish? I didn't interrupt you. Sure. Please Go ahead. don't interrupt Sorry. me. Okay. My bad. So, like I was saying, you go into debt trying to get an education. You go into debt with health care. That makes no sense when you can go to another country and then be taken care of because you're a member of that country and you're providing a, a income to help contribute to that country. That's where I have a problem. These these 
you have the medical industry that's all about a dollar and you forget about the people. So where I may not agree with Democrats all the way, I don't. However, what I do agree with Bernie about is that you should not have to make a life or death decision because of a medical situation. And I know this for a fact because I've lived it and I know what it's like to be making a high paying job and get hit with a, a an incurable disease like lupus and have it totally wipe out your savings and your life. I know what that's like because I've lived it. So when I, when I hear these politicians, I think about, well, what, what was the impact to me? Because I can rebound. I know the salary level I'm at, not everybody's at. But then if, if I were making less, if I was making half as much, what impact would that have? And if I look at the country as a whole, I make damn near double what the average American makes. Let's let Kelly respond. Well, let's let's deal with the medical part first because that's my wheelhouse. That's my lane. Okay. Um, there are lupus Medicaid policies to cover people with lupus. So if they don't have the money, they are covered. There are AIDS policies to cover people with AIDS that are 100% covered, no out-of-pocket costs. There are cancer programs through Medicaid to cover cancer, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, all women cancer, prostate cancer, 100% covered through Medicaid. There are programs out there. So no one's going without, I promise you that. But Obamacare didn't help anybody. 20 million people are on Obamacare, 180 million people still have their private health insurance. So it didn't make that big of an impact. I don't think, and it's my opinion, because I deal with this every day, this, we cannot have Medicare for all. We cannot have universal health care in this country. It's too big. There's no way it's going to happen. People in Canada have universal health care and they wait four months for CT scans. Four months for MRIs. I have three friends right now that live in Canada that tell me it's, a, it's an abomination. It doesn't work. And they are way smaller population than us. I'm just telling you, it's a nightmare. Do we... I love the fact that we have all these Medicaid policies for everyone. My son has hemophilia and he's 19. And of course he aged out of my health insurance, but now wow. he's got hemophilia health insurance through Medicaid. Right. So and, it's there. You just have to know how right. to go get it. And here's the problem. I think the only reason we look at the fact that healthcare, universal healthcare may not work is because nobody is trying to foresee it. When Obamacare did come, into play, you had too many of, I'm just gonna be honest, white supremacists who really truly wanted to denounce anything that Obama put into place. Obama's not even in office anymore. So, and still Obama's getting blamed for stuff that has nothing to do with him anymore. And it's one of those things where it's like, anything this man did, we wanna denounce. And so we're not ever gonna give it a chance. And I mean, the truth is we live in a capitalistic society. <clears throat> you know, we live in America and okay, I get it. But a lot of people are suffering because America is all about making a dollar out of everything. Housing, Medicare. I mean all of these all of these things cost like in Dallas alone, it's what, the cheapest house we can find in Dallas is probably like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I'm talking about something that that was paying for more than a year or two. Not true. I live in Dallas, been here my whole life. So 
it's, a, it's the best place to live there is the economy's great you can make good money you can buy things there's it's a good price we have the best economy texas is thriving california there's other state my friends all move here in order to live better here we have a better economy but we're getting off that wise, that wise, the pay is better yes my sister but. That's but 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 meta but the the, the healthcare the healthcare costs so much money so really you are going to be paying all this money all this money is coming out of your check for healthcare then you got to still turn around and pay a deductible <laughs> meet your deductible before you can even I mean it's it's crazy. It's, my it's, healthcare. It's, so, so I have I have a rebuttal. Um. And this is my point. Before you get diagnosed with a lot of these diseases, it takes months and sometimes years to figure out what's going on with you. For sure. This is the problem. Now, Granny, can we do something better? We absolutely Reggie, can. hold up. Reggie, hold on. Kelly, can you mute your mic when you're not talking? I think it's coming from you. Yeah. Okay. There what was that crackling? That crackling. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So, um, like I was saying, uh, to to actually diagnose a lot of these diseases, it's not a one quick one hit wonder. It takes multiple tests, and those multiple tests add up. I'm a person with insurance, and when I first got diagnosed with lupus, my medication was eight hundred and fifty dollars a month. That makes Whoa. no sense. That is a mortgage. There's no reason I should be paying that much for medication to try and save my life when the doctors can't figure out what's going on with me. Now, again, financially, I was in a better situation. But in my head, I think about, well, what about those people that aren't in the situation I'm in? Because I made it what? through, but I had financial security. Everybody doesn't have that. And I, I could be selfish and say, Can I don't I care about anybody else. Was? I just care about me, but I care about the masses. And I know the masses, they can't do that. You can't, most people can't drop 20 grand in one year for medical bills. No, but I, I mean, I, but I wanted to ask you when you said that your medication was real expensive, what year was that? This was in 2012. Okay. They because of Obamacare, your medication was expensive. I have the same problem. Let me tell you why. I have a severe allergy to wasps, and I had to stop buying my EpiPens because the price of my EpiPens went up to almost $200 a piece. I went over four years with no EpiPen. But because of Donald Trump, two weeks ago, I went and got two EpiPens for $27 a piece for the first time in over four years because of our president. Hold on. Now, you said my medication was expensive because Obamacare? That is false. Yes. No, no, no. I can explain why. Pause. I didn't interrupt you. I did not interrupt you. Let Bring me finish my statement, please. Pause. I have a friend from high school that was diagnosed with lupus in 2006 who had to pay the exact same amount for the exact same medications I was taking. So how do you put that on Obamacare and explain that? May I, may, may I say something real quick? Um, um, because of time, uh, it's about 10 minutes till 9. And so I think we want to be done about 15, 20, somewhere up in there. 
So while we're talking, while we're discussing, because I, I I want us to, this is great. I I'm, I'm I wish we could do it all night. I promise. Yeah. Kelly, you gonna come back? Would you come back, Kelly? Absolutely. Okay. Come on back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we can we can definitely finish these conversations. But one one thing I want to say, let's let's kind of switch gears uh, from healthcare. We can talk up here too if we want to. Let's let let's talk about let's talk about uh, policy and the economy. I do know that um, now. Let, let let me say this. I'm 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 moderating the conversation. I'm leaving my opinions out of it. Okay. I I a difference. Um, it comes to the economy from 2016 until mid 2020. Um, I will not dare say that there have not been some good things about the economy because there have been a few things good about the economy. I cannot lie and say that. I won't say that it was all Trump. I won't do that either. But what I will say is this. I can tell by being a professional black man who I am, I can tell that there is a difference on the way that people are working. Like for example, in order for a person making a median income of $50,000 a year, $50,000 a year, it takes a person two to three jobs to make that amount, where at one point you could get one job and make twice that amount or make a little bit more than that amount. What I do see, I also see the education system suffering as it relates to spending. I can see that, you know, even with coronavirus, these the stimulus checks and stuff like that, the way they're being paid out, the way the Senate and the House is going backwards and forwards. So we see some change and, and things are happening. Hold on, hold on, Kelly, it's crackling again. Huh? Kelly, can you mute? Okay. Okay. There okay. Go. And so the thing is that I, I want to be clear when I say that I'm really in the middle with this because, you know, I want to hear you guys' opinion of regards to the economy. Now, right now, of course, like I said, we, we got some things going on and, and everybody that's watching, share this video, make sure you share it. And um, the economy is not just a stock market. It is not just your 401k. It is not just, you know, your everyday dollar that you get in your pocket. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about stocks and bonds. We are talking about 401ks. But what we're mainly talking about is how a person and what national tools we have at our disposal to to glean from in times of trouble. That's what when I when I think about the economy, I think about the country taking you into its arms and holding you up by being a born citizen there. No matter where you come from, no matter what color you are. So, so Kelly, I want to talk to you first. Let's let's go ahead. What, what let's talk about the economy. Let what what has Trump done for the economy? In, in in your in your eye. Well, I mean, besides the fact, I mean, before the virus happened, um, I think that we were sitting in a better position than we have in a very 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 long time, and even now, even with a global pandemic. And all the stuff that's been going on, we're still in a better economic position than we were when Obama was at his best. So Trump, and that's factually true. Y'all can all go fact check me. I'm a fact checking fool. So I, I have numbers to back myself up. Um, 
but right now, I mean, I think that this this pandemic has really just set everything like just off its course. Uh, I don't think that anything educational wise has changed since Donald Trump has been in office. Um, I'd like to see some change happen there. Um, I think it's probably on his list of things to do, but the list is he's already done. Uh, it's, but he's doing, but that's public school. I think school choice. I mean, he's he's doing, but that's pretty much more. He's trying to get that passed, but that's more here in the public arena, not college. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the free college business because us as taxpayers will end up paying the price for that. Um, and you also know that what happens in our public schools, look at our public schools. When things are free, they're not necessarily good. It's our charter schools that are better. It's our private schools that are better. Schools that are paid for tend to give you a better education than schools that are free. That is a known fact. Would you would you agree that a country as large as America, as you stated a second ago, we wouldn't benefit from public education or even free schooling with college? I mean, free. We do have free public education. We you get all twelve years of your education for free. Um, I no. No, what, what I'm saying is, is that when you say like charter schools and um, maybe private schools are, are a little bit better, just for a second, I have to disagree only because I do know that there are public schools that are acing private schools and that are acing, you know, now, now, now let me say this though, they're not in no cliff. No, they have a waiting list. They ain't playing no. Into you know, they, you know, they, they're not in our, you know, I'm going to be honest, not our neighborhood, you know, but I, I will say that, you know, I have to agree with you to a certain point, but I'm going to let you finish uh, your paper. Go ahead. So I, I had a rebuttal for that. Now, the economy is, if you look at solely just the stock market, the economy is doing well. You're absolutely right. Now you say that it's not doing well as it was. It's, it's doing better under Trump than it was under Obama. But the facts are that when Obama was president, we had 7% growth. Under Trump, it's 3.5%. These are facts. Also, no, 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 I didn't interrupt you. Stop it. Also facts that if you look at the wave and you look at history and data, since you want a data mine, if you look at the data from the stock market levels, they grew substantially more under Obama. And Trump has, ride, has ridden the coattails of Obama's growth. Also, since we're talking about the economy, the deficit has tripled under Trump. These are facts, but you want a data mine. So I'm going to give you some more data. You said that public schools don't do as well. Well, honey, I have a problem for you. Not only did I go to a public school, I went to a public school in the hood. Kimball How many kids do you have? However, I, I, again, I didn't interrupt you. Let me finish you my statement. You say so much, Mikhail, that, I can't even address your different talking points because you just talk. You have to ask I, something I and let me rebuttal. I, we can't just continue to talk over each other. Say something I, and let me, no, come, no, no. let me come back. I did not I can't talk over you. Saying. I let you complete your statement without interruption. You will do me the same respect. Again, you want to talk about public schools. No. I went to a public school in the hood. 
Kimball High School, right? Kimball High School. You can't get more hood than that. I'm sorry. But then when I went to college, I went to Texas A&M. Got the ring to prove it. Facts. However, what I can tell you is going to that public school in the hood prepared me more for real life than my time at Texas A&M. What Texas A&M taught me was how to apply my knowledge from the hood in corporate America. So again, if you're going to look at facts, let's be realistic. Look at numbers, look at growth, look at percentages, because the numbers don't point to Trump doing well at all. And these are facts. Okay. Let me address your educational thing. I also grew up in the hood. Pleasant Grove, yo, you know, it's, that's where I grew up, WTY. I mean, I, I benefited from a public education. No one paid my way. I didn't grow up privileged. So just so you know that, um, and I got a full ride to UT at Austin because of my smarts. But Vaughn's gonna address the economic part because he is the numbers guy I just want to know, where did you get the 7% growth from? Like, where did that come from? I didn't hear you. Where did that 7% growth number come from? Oh, oh, that comes from Forbes. Forbes.com. At what point in which year was there a 7% growth under Obama? No, 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 no. I didn't say year. I'm saying during his time span. And it's not a year-over-year year growth. No, 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 no. If I misspoke, then I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm talking about in totality over this time period in office. That's what I'm talking about. Can I speak? Hold yes. on. Because okay. I want to talk about the, the education portion. Because um, she was saying, you know, she don't agree with free education. And the, the reality of it is that. Hold on, Aubrey. Okay. Hold on, Aubrey. Kelly, mute real quick. Okay. Um, Okay. Okay, that's somebody else now. Yes. Kelly, did you mute? I just I mute. There you go. Okay. Um, so the reality is is that when you don't have so when, when kids get out of high school, you know, they're going to college, they're getting into more debt. So they are not going to be able to be successful members of the economy because they're constantly having to pay this high debt that we shouldn't be in in the first place, if you ask me. So when it comes down to universal education, that is that is what's going to set us apart economically because now you're going to have more students who are able to go into college because in any type of universal education system, there is a, a somewhat merit-based system where you have to keep a certain average. It's not like just anybody and everybody can just walk through the door and say, hey, I want to go to college. You have to be productive. That's the way they do it in Nigeria. Um, I mean, everybody has to play a part when it comes down to universal education. So if we have more students going into college to get uh, to gain skills because universal education in other countries don't look like what our college education looks like because all we're doing in college is getting another four years of high school. I don't care what nobody say, all you're doing is taking the same English classes, history classes, math classes, and you get one year, which is your last year of college, 
to learn and train for the position that you plan on going into. And that's not even enough time for you to even get enough skills and training. I've been to college, been to college one, two, three times. Each time it's been the same exact thing. It has not been any different. All three times college has been the first few years, I spent learning English, math, reading, social studies, whatever. The last year, okay, now we're going to let you do an internship so you can learn how to get in the school, but that did not prepare me for that position. And so if we do universal health, I mean, universal education, and we make sure that these kids have an opportunity to learn skills, learn trades, learn how to get into these um, these technology jobs and everything else, then our economy is going to be growing. We don't have to worry about buying products from China and buying products from India and buying products from other countries. But guess what? We're training our students how to make these same products in our country. But your president, maybe he don't want that. He wants that money. Because, you know, he's not a politician. He's a businessman. Now, if you ask me, Trump is a darn good businessman. If I, if I could hire him to be my businessman, I definitely wouldn't because he know how to make that money. That's one thing about him. But he's not a politician and he does not need to be in office. He is not. And then you keep trying to discredit Joe Biden and even Kamala Harris. At least she got some type of politics. Some form of politics. Politics doing zero. Joe Biden has been in office for almost 50 years and he's never done anything good. Nothing. There's nothing he's done that has benefited this country in 47 years. If you ask me, I'd rather have a politician, a non-politician, that maybe doesn't talk so good. I mean, listen, Trump has, Vaughn and I disagree on this part right here. This, he likes Trump, and he, but Vaughn's like Trump. He's an asshole. So, <laughs> sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but he's my friend, and I can say he's an asshole. It's true, he's though. just like Trump. He's got word vomit. He has no filter. So, but I don't agree with that part of Trump. But let me tell you this. I would rather have someone who's completely real that knows how to make this country money and knows how to bring us back from the depths of doom that we've been in for years and years and years of shysty politics. But he's not making us money, Obama, who was a professional jive talker who did nothing. I mean, I think I would say, I would venture to say that Obama was probably the most corrupt president we've ever had. And I can say right here, I've got stats. Listen, 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, the lowest labor participation since the 70s, the worst economy since the 40s, lowest home ownership in 51 years. He accumulated more debt than all the previous administrations, but he was a great president, right? Sorry. I'm so confused because this, I mean, this is where, this is where, and it's a lot of Trump supporters who like to always put Obama into, well, you really pretty much just threw out a slavery card when you yelled Obama was the worst, most corrupt president, because that's exactly what happens is that a lot of, and I mean, I don't have anything against white people at all, I'm just saying, a lot of white people discredit Obama for absolutely anything. Obama was the worst president because he was black. And I don't, I don't care what nobody say. I don't care what policy he did. He could have been the best president. He could have been the only president. And I can guarantee you, you would have said he was the worst. I voted for it's him just twice. a team. I voted for him twice. Twice. That's, that's a major cop out right there. Just because someone disagrees with someone because and that someone happens to be black doesn't mean they disagree with them because they're black.
they can just disagree with it. So I mean, that's. I got a question. And I, y'all know I don't. I'm I'm not the politician person. I can say fuck all of that. But uh, Kelly, um, we can we have your your sources of reference? Some some of the the uh, fans are asking that. We want to know your points of reference. I can shoot everything. I can shoot everything to Q and Messenger. Um. My, all my sources, so that way he can verify them all. That'd be great. Can you can you just can you give us a few? Can yeah. you just give us some over the air, please? Uh huh. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's literally from the government. It's from uh, what is this? The WhiteHouse.gov when they quoted all the numbers. But I really went and. What I did was I went to DuckDuckGo because Google is liberal and it lies and you just don't, you always have to go to, uh, and I don't, don't look at me like that, Mr. Henry. Listen, there was a man who is a Democrat, by the way, who testified in front of Congress. He did a 10 year study about Google and he testified in front of Congress that after his study, Google, he found facts that Google is able to sway 2 million votes towards the liberal side. Google is not unbiased. Google, Wait, Google anything, you know, it automatically takes you to the left. Wait, Hendrix, let her finish. Oh, no, no, I, I just, I just want to, I'm gonna let you finish, though, but I just, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand something and I'm, I'm trying to understand that if you're Googling and Googling as your source, that's Google's not my source. Okay. Okay. Now we got that clear. Now, my my next question is, if if you're using Google as your main research tool, that in itself is a problem. Yeah, I don't use Google. Okay. Okay. Now, when you say that you got your information from WhiteHouse.gov, but I went through Obama's. Obama's link for WhiteHouse.gov, not Trump's. They all have, every president has their own links that has their own stats. Plus okay. there's, a, there's a civic, there's a civic site with statistics in it. I try to go, I, I try to go what I call into the wormhole. And I, and, and so I ends up taking me a long time to come up with what I believe are unbiased numbers because I believe every site has some kind of sort of bias because I, and I hate it all. Like I found out today that George Soros owns a lot of stock in CNN, the same guy, the same rich white liberal who owns Black Lives Matter also has, owns part of CNN. Hmm. Isn't that Wait a minute. Wait, Look, whoa, whoa, crazy. whoa, whoa, whoa. There is no owner to Black Lives yes, Matter. Yes, he does. One. No, no. There may be a trademark owner. No, no, no. There may be a trademark owner, but nobody owns Black Lives Matter because it's a movement. You can't own a movement. So he may own a trade organization, the .org, not the movement. The okay. He he may own the website. He may own the website. That's fine, but that doesn't mean he runs the movement. There is a separation. Just because you have a website named something does not mean that that's yours. You just got to it before everybody else did. That's what they said. I, I have so many. I really would love, you know what I would love? I would love to meet you in person because I have so much facts. And this is, this is just a, 
you know, there's no way that we're going to, I'm just telling you that I follow the money. It's there, and within 48 hours of George Floyd being killed, there was $40 million made by Black Lives Matter dot org or whatever their dang thing is. And none of that money has gone back into the community. Not one dime. Because that's because a lot of people are looking at Black Lives Matter as they're supposed to go out into the community and do all of these things. And you got to understand that even because this is when you come down to, to thinking all black people are the same and all black people look the same because you have different sections. I'm not going to I'm not going to say that Black Lives Matter should go out and help the community because that's not what they were. That's not what they were designed for. That was not the purpose of Black Lives Matter. It was not to go out and push in the community because one of the one of the things that a lot of people bring up is. The crime in Chicago, which of course is media heightened, but the crime in Chicago is um, brought up as soon as somebody says something about Black Lives Matter. Or why they not in Chicago trying to do this and third? Well, that was not what that organization was set up for. And you have organizations that are set up for different things in all of the Black communities. You have organizations that are fighting against poverty, that are fighting against uh, black, you know, I didn't even say black on black crime because I hate that word that some white people made up. Um, but it is, it, it's, it's organizations for that. Black Lives Matter is not the only organization in America. It's not. No, I, when people bring that up to say those things, it's like, well, they, who, who freaking cares? They, black Lives Matter is not saying I'll be you. I, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of organizations. However, I have a problem with the Black Lives Matter organization. Uh, I don't believe in inciting violence and I don't believe in riots and I don't believe in any of that stuff. And it seems like it seems like ever since what, 2014, when Travion, Travion Martin happened, every time these protests happen and the media. Do you know what I'm laughing at? I'm sorry, Kelly, go ahead. Every, I'm just saying, and, and, and this is just what I see. Every time that there are protests, because I'm all for peaceful protests. I'm all for, I've actually been involved in some protests because I am a big with domestic violence person. So I have walked in peaceful walks and, and I have stood at City Hall and everything else. I'm all for that, but every time that that Black Lives Matter gets involved, then things burn. Black people K -K -K. die. Should happen. K -K -K. So K -K -K. here's my problem. Here's my problem. That was a long time ago, sister. It's not happening. Damn, yeah, K K K is not a long time ago. <laughs> when is the last time you saw? K K K is K K K is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Trust and to believe me, it's not a long time ago. Hold on. Okay. Oh, KKK is yeah. Democrat. So I'm from Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi. Trust me and believe me, it's not dead. KKK still exists in Mississippi. Hold on. KKK ride down the street in, in police cars. I can guarantee you. KKK just rolled through Friendship West not too long ago. Well, there I haven't seen them since I was a kid. But listen, I don't like the KKK either. I think they're all terrorists. And Hold I think on. they all should be labeled terrorists and be should be kicked out of this country. Done. And Tifa, Black Lives Matter, and KKK, they should all be gone because There's all they do is incite riots. Okay. Now, now that you all are done, I have to say this. This country was founded 
by protesters and it wasn't peaceful period the boston tea party was not what you think and what you read in history books so the boston tea party was actually people riding dumping property into the ocean and burning stuff that's how this country was founded so why is it a problem now when it's been a it's been a part of this country since the beginning so i'm actually i'm actually a history no, 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 major. I, did, I did interrupt you you asked me a question. I didn't interrupt you. You asked me a question. Yeah, you did ask a question. I know, but I, it, was it was rhetorical. It was a rhetorical question, and I'm not finished with my statement. So, <laughs> with that being said, if this country was founded and now it's a problem, is it a problem because of who's doing it? Because that's what I see. The protest is only a problem because of who's actually doing it, not that it's a problem protesting. Because anytime you look at how black people protest, it's always a problem. You look at Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. He wasn't bothering anybody. It's a problem. You look at LeBron James and how he protested. Oh, that's a problem. But then what you don't see is that these people and the videos that never get shown are the ones where they're trying to stop people from burning stuff. And the problem is most of the people breaking stuff and burning stuff don't look like me. That's right. And doesn't it make you mad that all these Black Lives Matter people are white? I mean, I said it to them. I was in downtown Dallas having dinner and I was with a bunch of black people, by the way, because that's all I really hang around with. And um, I know my bond just called me a racist against my own kind. But, you know, it is what it is. I was having dinner and we were on a patio and I, we were accosted by Black Lives Matter people. And I will tell you that 80 percent of them were white. And they were screaming at us while we were trying to eat. We had live music going and we couldn't even hear the music. It was ridiculous. And I literally said to this girl, I said, why are you here? I said, y'all are all white. This isn't even your movement. This isn't your time. This isn't your movement. Take your ass somewhere else. I feel like that they don't have any business. That's what you call privilege. Now that's white privilege is those college age little rich white kids that can go back to suburbia and don't have to pay a price that are out here in the streets wreaking havoc when they need to take their asses home. So are you saying only black people can fight for black people? Am I misunderstanding? Because no. I have white friends and not to even say that, but I mean, I grew up in an all white town. So I have pretty much all white friends and I didn't get black friends until I was about 16 years old. So my thing is, are you saying only black people should fight for black people and white people can't if they don't believe in what, what they're fighting for? Just no, because they live not. in suburbia? Because if that's the case, I shouldn't even be allowed to because I grew up in suburbia. My parents still live in suburbia and and it shouldn't even matter. So I, I don't like that statement. And I y'all know, again, I don't do politics and all that kind of stuff. And when I, it comes to race, I don't see no color. But what you just said, ma'am, I, I do apologize. I don't mean to offend you in any way. But what you said was pretty much a racist statement in my eyes. Well, no, because I do believe that I can march next to you in a peaceful protest and you and I can walk down the street and we can fight for a righteous moment, for a righteous movement. Me yes, I believe in pre peaceful protest. But if a white person white feels people. like being violent or act out violently in something that they believe, why can't they do that? They can't so only do that. Black people because can it's react illegal. that way or what? Because I'm, it's I'm illegal. Because it's illegal. It's against the law to incite violence and it's against the law to burn down buildings and it's against the law to assault innocent people for protecting their businesses. They need to sit down and stop. 
because so, all it's doing is so when, making people look worse. It's not so doing when Europeans good. came over here and stole the land from the natives just because it wasn't written in the law that made it okay. Okay, so about that, I'm just asking. I just want to make sure I'm on. I understand what's being said. So, I, I'd like to hear from Vaughn as well. Again, so, 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 real quick. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. oh, no, no. I was, I was going to say, Vaughn, I'd like to hear from you. See, we've been on like we're at an hour 38. Uh, so when Vaughn replies, I'm going to have um, um, Kelly come back around. And then um, what we're going to do, of course, y'all know we like to give our encouraging words and stuff like that before we come forth. So hopefully, everybody's thinking about something encouraging to do. Guys, Kelly and, and Vaughn, again, thank you very much for coming to the show. Uh, you, you are welcome anytime. Uh, to come and please come again because I'm gonna be sending you another instant message, Kelly. <laughs> so we can talk more because I, I believe these conversations need to be had. And Albany, you are always welcome as well. Please put that in your pocket. You got one more time to say Albany's name wrong. One more. No. One more time. No, no, no. She said <laughs> Albany, like Albany, New York. Hit but you didn't say but Albany. You said Albany. You said Albany. Yeah, I said Albany word. Come you on, did. Son. You said it twice, but I'm just going to be like, okay. <laughs> now, you ain't going to mess up my sis name. Okay. You got I'm one. Okay. An easy one. <laughs> so what I want us to end on, I'm going to let Vaughn finish speaking, and then real quick, I want us to I end on, uh, Kelly, I want you to give me uh, five things that you believe Trump has done for the country. We're going to give our encouraging words. And then we'll see you guys in a little bit. So go ahead, Vaughn. I, I want to go ahead and finish. I think Vaughn Vaughn went to the. Where did you go, Vaughn? Oh, he. You. What did you say? You wanted me to name the five things that Trump's. Yeah, let, done? name just five things you think um, Trump has. Well, I'm sorry. Five things in your in your view that Trump has made this country better or greater. Well, I mean, I really hate to harp on those talking points, but you know, there's just these major talking points that are always good for the black community. But I mean, I could point out the HBCUs, um, they are now permanently funded. So even if someone else comes into office, they can't change that, which is really important. Um, of course, opportunity zones. But I think the most important thing for it, the First Step Act, which now there's like 9,000 people that have been released and 90% of those 9,000 people have been black. But for me, the most important thing for my own personal self has been SESTA, which is stop enabling sex traffickers. So, so far, nine pieces of legislation have been introduced to stop human trafficking. Um, I spend two nights a week with young girls who are victims of sex traffickers. And so it's a very important cause for me. And it's very important to me that he he really wants to help young girls and children. I'm sorry, y'all. Time out. I'm so sorry. I just got a report over my iPad, Chadwick Bozeman has passed away. Right, right. Who? Black Panther. Black Panther. You said Bozeman? Chadwick, Chadwick Bozeman. Yeah. Whoa. I'm sorry. That's why I reacted that way, y'all. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got like, uh, Whoa. Okay. Says, so, so with that being said, Q, um, let's 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 cut this off. And bring Kelly and Vaughn back next week, um, and, and and we can continue this because Kelly, I appreciate honestly, I appreciate your fire, I appreciate your passion. Even though 
we may disagree on some things. I do agree with you on the sex trafficking legislation. That has been a great thing. And hey, tip of the hat for that. Um, right. But with that being said, I'm going to give my encouraging words for the week. Um, you know what? Lead with your heart. Everybody was losing weight. Always lead with your heart because if you're leading with your heart, you may make missteps, but if your heart is in the right place, you'll always get to where you're supposed to be. And the people that are around you that need to support you and that you need to support will be there. So lead with your heart. Everybody wave at Mo. <laughs> Mo finally gets he, on. He finally decided to Well, Mo, while you're on, give us some encouraging words at the end of the show. I think it's a great thing that finally the United States is showing that black people aren't monolithic. That's right. I agree with you. One million percent. No. Right. So we come in all shades. You know, we come from chalk to charcoal. That's right. Our beliefs are different. Now, I, as a 30-year Republican, totally disagree with these rhinos, Republicans in name only. But, you know, I'm going to let them make it. I'm going to let them have a 15 minutes of fame because I know for a fact that Jack Kemp, my mentor, is rolling over in his grave. I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent, but I, I, I'm, I tend to fall more on the conservative side. But I've always been a registered Democrat my whole life. Yeah, I'm and I haven't. Old. Yeah, I haven't. But I know, I know Jack Kemp. He's rolling over. Mo. I knew Mo. Rolling over. Yeah, Mo. I love that, you. That was the you, you, You're late. You, you're late. <laughs> I've been listening. Haven't you heard? Haven't you? Why weren't you reading my things? We have a conversation going on. Nobody, those, and thank you guys for commenting because we're going to go back and, and we're going to address these comments. Thank uh, you. We, we will definitely do that because it's a lot of comments. Kelly, take a look at the comments. It's a lot of them. And we, we want to definitely do that. Uh, and we, um, we I'll be a favor. Would you give uh, some encouraging words like right off the top of your dome? You said some encouraging words? Yes. How about this? Eat living? And that's all I can say. Vote, please, in November. Uh, and make, please, make vote. please vote. Please vote. Listen, Bridget, uh, when is the last day for early for voter registration? October? October 3rd October. is the last day to, to, to register to vote in the election. So you have to be registered uh, by October 3rd. Again, it doesn't take you that long. Go to vote.org and you will get Please. all the information you need to be able to register to vote if you're not already registered. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kelly, do you want to give some encouraging words to our viewers? You are Vaughn? I do. Okay. I want to say that... Um, I think that um, regardless of our political views, differences, I really think that we need to all work together to end the racial divide um, because respect is something that I think we all deserve no matter what color our skin is. And I really want to encourage people to stop using the word racist and racism. And I say that because... I think it's starting to lose its meaning because I'm called a racist every single day. 
more than once a day because I'm conservative. I'm not kidding you. And that is no lie. I can send you my feed like every day. And I think that racism is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing in this country. And I don't think that we should just throw that word around like it's nothing. I think we should work together to respect each other and lift each other up. Even if we disagree, I can say, I still love you. And I still think you deserve to have your opinion. You are important. And I don't give a damn what color your skin is. Thank you so much, Kelly. And listen, we're gonna, I'm going to have you back on very soon. Uh, um, um, and um, I, I think I may have mentioned, you guys, we, we're probably rescheduling the date for the for next month for the MTG um, symposium that we want to do. Um, um, so I may want to definitely bring you on, Kelly, to talk about some of the different things. Like I said, our conversations need to be two sides. Um, um, I agree with that. I don't, I don't care who you are where you come from, you know, the, the equality divide in this country is not just color deep, but I think what's going on, it, it's, it runs deep in our emotions and it runs deep in our history. And that is, you know, um, something that we definitely need to talk about. Miss Shami, real quick, you got some encouraging words before we jump off? Okay, so Kelly, we'll be in contact. You know, me and you, we'll be in contact. Thank you so much for coming. Vaughn, thank you for coming. I appreciate you, Vaughn. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. So, everybody, listen. Check this out. Okay. We're going to do an actual last party of this show. So, if you missed it, so definitely you'll be able to uh, get a chance to uh, check the show out. Again, Monday night is Monday night with Miss Jimmy. She's right there. The girl with the big old tit, a boob, whatever she want to call them. They flow tasting devices, if you ask me. Okay. <laughs> Also, on Wednesday, it's happy hour with my boy Hendrix. Listen, guys, this Reggie played some good music the other night. I was over here jamming real, real good. You know, come on in with the drinky, drinky, drink, and, and let's kill. This Thursday, which is next Thursday, MTG After Dark for myself and my girl, Miss Anna May. That's what she likes to be called. And this week, and this week, we're going to be going into something really, really different. And so if you really want that raw talk well done, join us on uh, Thursday night around 10, 1030. We're going to jump on. And of course, of course, MTG Live with the rest of the crew is on Friday evening at 730. On behalf of myself and behalf of everybody here, thank you so much for joining the show on today. We sure appreciate you guys. Thank you again, Kelly and Vaughn and Albany. We appreciate you again. And let's talk again soon. We want you guys to have a great and a wonderful night. And please be blessed and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night, guys. Thank you.